Follow your bliss and doors will open for you that you never knew existed. Follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you where there were only walls. This is a quote from Joseph Campbell, uh, who is most known for his work that he did around archetypes. Um, Definitely someone who inspired Carl Jung. Most well known for the hero of a thousand faces. And also the person that Carol Pearson is like, this is patriarchal in um, (laughs) The Hero Within, which is also about archetypes. (laughs) You know, I love archetypes. I feel like I say this every episode. Anyway, next week, the quote will not be a white man, I promise. This was just relevant um, because of the cards that I pulled today. Because I pulled from the Hero's Journey Oracle deck. Now, welcome, welcome, welcome back to A Movement Worker's Guide to Astrology. This week, the main focus will be Venus Retrograde. And we'll be talking mostly about how really difficult the next couple weeks or even longer than that are going to feel because most planets in the sky are about to go retrograde. I would like to start by acknowledging something that's on our mind um, that will likely come up throughout the podcast episode in a very, really oddly timed way. Um, Not very oddly, very, it makes sense. Uh, Which is the recent um, emergence in social media and the news cycle. I don't even know if it was in the news because I don't have a TV. Um, But the murder of Ahmad um, and how this young man, same age as me, a black man, of course, uh, was killed months ago by white supremacists and those people are just now being arrested. And I feel like the last, well, couple of months at this point have just been a what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, every single week. And not in a way that I think surprises anyone with common sense or eyes, uh, but just in a way that's just like how much more trauma do we need to see? Like what, what, what is this doing for us at this point? And and I say that for a very specific group of people. (laughs) I don't say that for everybody. Um, that specific group of people is people who are on the receiving end, um, of the trauma because of their relationship to said people facing direct trauma or said person, right? Whether we're talking about essential workers, whether we're talking about, in this instance, black people, um, especially black men and women. We just lost a black trans woman who was stabbed to death a couple of days ago. We've just lost somebody else. Um, I I don't remember his name, unfortunately, but yes. Um, 
was also killed. Same, same stuff, right? You know, watching how much middle class and below are being taken advantage of and really just pushed into poverty, honestly. Um, and for those who are already there, pushed even deeper. Um, and, and it makes it really difficult when we do all of this really important work every single day to then see shit like this and then be like, well, what the fuck does any of this mean if this shit just keeps happening? Someone is not doing something if this shit keeps happening. Um, and I think that really speaks to the way that I would like to talk about Venus retrograde. Let's just jump into it. So this week is going to be very, very chaotic. Um, not even chaotic. Mm, yeah, I'll use that word. Um, I'll say it's going to be a little stressful uh, astrologically. That full moon really, 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 really shook me to my core in a in a way that... Um, well, I definitely say the Libra full moon was also the same way <laughs> the previous month, but like, it just like, whoa, when people talk about like the intensity, you know, of, of Scorpio individuals and of the Scorpio energy, it was something that I totally felt uh, for weeks. I had been having these dreams uh, related to the themes that were in my, that were coming up for me. Um, for the full moon and it was just emotionally intense you know because I work a full-time a job in addition to doing all of the other shit that I do right including this um I don't have a lot of time during the day um to process and and do the work that I need to do my spiritual maintenance in the way that I would like to um but it, it happens anyway. And the universe is like, okay, cool. You don't have time to rain the day. We're going to help you purge all of this shit in your dreams. And then on top of that, it's going to just leak into your everyday anyway, because like it's deep work, it's intense work. And you know, I don't mind. That's just the nature of how life is for me at this moment. Um, but just, I got a lot of sleep but I have never felt so just drained and spent a lot of deep work happening underneath the surface that's just so hard and so just, ugh, eh, yuck. I don't like it. None of us do, it's okay. At this point, the moon is moving into Canth. Capricorn, not Cancer. Um, as the moon in Scorpio left its uh, culmination period point um, in the in the moon cycle in relation to the sun, right? As I mentioned last week, it was going to meet up with Neptune, and a lot of illusions are going to be shattered. So there could have even been a just a very odd change in your mood or behavior um relatively quickly after the the full moon that might have kind of surprised you and then we 
continue to move on into what will be I, I would argue the the most difficult part of the the moon cycle, which is the full moon to the last quarter moon. So in the full moon, there is either a alignment and aha moment where something just makes sense. Hallelujah, that's what happened for me. Or there's a moment in which something completely breaks down. Um, either way, both of those things invite work. <laughs> Yay, the work doesn't stop. Are you excited? Are you ready? Cool. Let's just quickly read. As I said last time, I feel like a pastor. Um, what Rudyard has to say about the full to last quarter moon. With the full moon, the waning period of the cycle begins. And I've already amply discussed the positive and negative meanings of this phase. It reveals either a culmination of relationship or the impossibility to go on with the relationship. In the first instance, this starts the process of development of the fruits of the relationship. The dynamic tone of the new moon becomes at the full moon, a concrete image, a symbolic vision in light. The contrast between lunar and solar factors is perceived as a chiar, ooh, this is an Italian word, a chiascuro. That was terrible, I know. Don't, stop laughing, please stop laughing, oh my God. Enhancing the element of form, for the perception of form implies an opposition of lights and darks, of blacks and whites. Form revealed in the moment of the lucid perception of the full moon phase of any cycle of relationship gradually releases its meaning or significance as the moon decreases in light. I like how he talks about how things become very black and white <laughs> during the full moon. There is no guessing. I honestly don't, in my personal opinion, don't think there is such thing as confusion around the full moon. It either makes sense or it doesn't, um, which is why, of course, in the moments leading to after the full moon, all those illusions that were kind of like stuck in your head and in your mind from when Venus, from when Venus and Gemini was square Neptune, um, all of the, oh, I don't know. And like, it's like they're, what are you confused about? The writing is on the wall. The only thing about that is that that moment is so potent and in a particular time, right? That after that, things become gray again if you don't make sense of what you're coming into your awareness of during that part of the moon cycle, right? And that's why it's very interesting that Venus retrograde as well as Saturn retrograde Jupiter retrograde, all very important planets in the sky right now. Granted, all of the planets are important. But when I think about the the major players um, in the sky this year, I'm thinking about Saturn because it's changing signs. Um, and it's starting a brand new cycle um, of the Saturn-Jupiter, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, which is going to be in all air signs for the next, I don't know, 60 years or something like that. Um Jupiter, because it's in fall, 
And because the south node, of course, is ruled, is Sagittarius, so it's ruled by Jupiter at this time. So whatever is happening with Jupiter is really crucial and critical to the things that we're going to be releasing and letting go, especially when Jupiter is sitting in a sign that it's very uncomfortable in. So this week is very important in terms of the narrative and the story arc that is going to continue to unfold for the remainder of the year, literally up until the last day of the year. Like if there is a week in which we are seeing some of the again, most major parts of a story arc that we've been a part of unfolding for us, or at least the beginnings of those that phase, which, you know, as I get into it, I'll, I'll explain how that's showing up in a number of other ways as well. This is, this is it. This is what's setting the stage for what ultimately is the actual journey as opposed to the journey that we've been preparing to take. Right. Um, I think, and maybe this isn't the best analogy, but let's just do it. Um, uh, let's say maybe, I don't know what's like a good example of like a, a, a war movie where like all the, oh, actually no, Forrest Gump is a great example um, <laughs> in which Forrest, of course, enlists in the military and he is you know, with Bubba and the, was it Private Dan? Yeah, all the fun and he, all the jokes and stuff that they have together. And then they go to war and shit gets real. This is the part where it's like, LOL, we're in boot camp. We're, you know, training, we're doing this thing. And then it's like, oh, wow, shit is about to get real. And I know that that sounds kind of weird because like we live in a time in which shit is like very real right the fuck now um but in terms of the new paradigm that's being created that's being co-created by all of us at this time this is where the universe is like okay cool are you gonna let's go like humanity we've been playing this game for literally thousands of years are we gonna get it to get can we do can we get it together now can we No? Okay, cool. Well, I'm waiting. Here are your opportunities. Do what the fuck you want to do. Someone had uh, DM'd me and said, uh, and this is in no way a judgment. This is just um, something that I would like to mention to to bring a point. Um, I think also puts in perspective like how I feel about astrology and also spirituality in general. So she asked, you know, if in the stars it shows that like there's going to be a revolution. And I was like, I don't remember my exact words, but in, a, in one way or another, I was like, well, yes and no. Like the astrological timing of things, um, there's always, you know, given whatever energetic codes and whatever the fuck is, is sitting in the sky at the time, there's always an opportunity for those things. Always. It's are we willing to do the work? And she's like, well, please tell me that, you know, in the the stars, it's saying that, like, we're going to do the work. That's literally dependent up to every last one of us. You know, the thing is, the wonderful gift 
that God gave us is free will. Um, God believes in us. Uh, God sees us. God is looking after us. Our guides, ancestors, all of these beings and people that have passed, these, you know, aliens, all of these, <laughs> all of these beings are watching, right? And it literally is a matter of, you know, the phrase, like when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Like you also have the choice not to make lemonade. Like that also is a choice. And that literally is what everything is. It's all a matter of like how willing are the people that exist at any given moment in time to doing something, to using the tools that we're putting in front of them, right? And so sometimes because of the free will and because of all of these different things and structures that exist that people can kind of toy and tinker with within the construct, people do whatever the fuck they want to do, right? And either way, it's still an opportunity to figure out and work through the exact same lesson. Are we going to do it or are we not, right? I was listening to Amanda Ellis's video about duality and she was just talking about how duality is something that we chose as humans to to endure it was a collective decision that we made that being said good and evil are two things that are always going to exist they just are um and however upsetting or whatever that is you know however you feel about that that's absolutely fine but it's always going to be about our willingness to do and are we if we believe that good there should be more good present within the world what is it that we are actively doing each day to choose that like what are we truly doing if we believe that racism should not be a thing what the fuck are we truly doing and when i say we i mean non-black people if we truly believe that transphobia should not exist what the fuck are we doing and by we i mean cis people what are we doing if we believe that sexism should not be a thing what are masculine males doing what is what 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 are we what are we doing what what is anyone doing okay we can say these things we can put up billboards we can wear shirts we can you know whatever the fuck what are we doing and so this is going to be a question that we're going to be asked over and over and over and over again until we make the decisions within our own individual lives to do something different. And that requires us to get very fucking uncomfortable. So starting tomorrow or today, which is when you're listening to this, maybe um, the 10th, we have or I'm sorry, the 11th, we have Mercury Mercury is entering Gemini and on that same day Saturn is going to be going retrograde um, and will enter re-enter Capricorn I believe sometime in uh, July but we'll get there when we get there so Saturn in Aquarius is asking us what is our responsibility to the future it goes retrograde and it asks us the same question However, once it crosses back into Capricorn, we are going to have a sneak peek at the 
existing structures, systems, and paradigms that we are still tied to in the past that make the future impossible. So for some people, it's going to be showing you where you lack responsibility or accountability for the things that you need individually to get in alignment with your greater purpose and mission. It's going to show you where there is, given the some of the goals um, that you may have set for yourself, um, where there is a need to kind of go through some of those things again um, to realign that specific goal or realign your life to get to that specific goal. So it's being able to kind of go back and take a second pair of eyes over some of the larger decisions that you've made about your life. Um, And to be honest, to kind of see where you need to tinker and change them. And in some instances, it's going to be able to show you in ways that you're not willing to step up to make the future possible. And so it's not necessarily about risks, but it is about being brave. Um, For a lot of people, it's being able to revisit um, the ways that you need to reparent yourself to change your existing relationship with authority so that you can create this new idea um, of embodying authority and autonomy and sovereignty as an individual by looking back and and examining where you're afraid, um, examining where you've put up arbitrary boundaries and limitations. This is also an opportunity if you feel like there have been lots of like arbitrary or really just kind of like red tape and like other things that you're like, why isn't this thing moving for you to go back backwards and see exactly what was in the way that made it difficult for you to move. When Saturn is in the third deacon um, of Capricorn, it's the Virgo deacon. So it's all about fixing. So you get to go back and fix all of the kind of smaller details and things you might have looked over that are making a a really large difference in how some of the things, greater structures and forms that you would like in your life would turn out. Perfect. Mercury enters Gemini. Mercury is happy in Gemini. It's going to move really fast. It's going to be really great. Um, It's going to be a breath of fresh air, which is what I always say every time we have something in a air sign because there's like no air in the sky. So now that we have Saturn, Venus, Mercury, and the North Node all in air, there is, and I probably said this in the last episode, I'm going to say it again, when there's lots of earth and air in the sky, we get pulled all the way back. We're asked to look at the big picture of things. It's really easy to get caught up in the shit that doesn't matter And we're about to take a trip through why the shit that we think matters because it was kind of silly and arbitrary, um, why the fuck it doesn't matter and why it's important right now to to choose differently. Um, And then on the 13th is when we have Venus going retrograde. Now, 
Jesus. <sighs> so on this day, Mercury is also entering Pisces. So movement, moving, taking actionable steps about anything that you realize during this Venus retrograde is going to be damn near impossible. Having Mars in Pisces is very circular, um, very non, not even circular. It is just non-linear completely in terms of the way that we get things done. It is a very passive approach. It is an energy that asks you to wait. It also is an energy that can make you really passive about shit that you just don't like and that you don't want to hear or that confuses you. And that confusion likely comes from the fact that you're either deceiving yourself or someone else is trying to deceive you. Now let's start talking about Venus retrograde in the context of what I just said. Venus is going to be retrograde in Gemini. So if we kind of think about some of the words that are associated with the Gemini energy, it can be a little bit messy. It can be a little bit gossipy. It's honestly very fun loving, um, likes to kind of, in a way, it's very clever trickster energy. Um, it is not necessarily about forming attachments Sorry, I'm just plugging in my computer. Um, or at least forming meaningful attachments. It is being able to connect with, honestly, damn near anyone or anything because it's trying to receive information. The thing that I often mention about air signs and air energy that we have to be very careful with is that it likes to be stimulated. And so Venus in Gemini is bringing us an opportunity to reevaluate our value systems. Now, our value systems inform who we date, how we get money, how we connect with people, um, how we find pleasure, um, how we flirt, how we, the type of business partnerships we have. Um, all things, our creative process, what things are worth creating, what things are not worth creating, overall, our relationship to objects and things, but also our relationship to people. Sorry, I was getting a book. I'm going to again read from something. <clears throat> I'm going to read from Alice Bartlett's Astrology and Storytelling, their chapter about Gemini. This is a season of stimulation. The Gemini symbol that we use, that we will talk about, is language. Inside the capitalist engine, Gemini is the buzzword. Buzzwords are made to signify something particular about a product or company. Popular buzzwords today include responsive, accountability, millennial, tribe, and AI technology. The Gemini buzzword is a glib feature which only pulls interest and describes nothing. The word responsive just refers to a website on a phone. Accountability is a word that only has meaning self-referentially, meaning that a corporation who uses this word is considered accountable while one 
who doesn't isn't, even if their business practices are extremely are exactly the same. Millennial refers to a set of self-perpetuating stereotypes, almost regardless of age. There aren't concrete age lines for what constitutes a millennial, and we have honorary baby boomer or Gen Z millennials everywhere. AI technology, when you get down to it, is just an algorithm, which programmers have been using for decades. AI is just a fancy term for marketing, coding technology. All these words are hashtags, only points of reference. Where was the part that I really liked? Mm-mm-mm. The Geminian buzzword, I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly, thrives on putting distance between the producer and consumer when marketplaces and products are ethnicized as they are today it creates a language that annihilates the speaker from themselves now when we think about venus and gemini what venus and gemini especially when it's about to go retrograde is going to show us is all of the relationships that we have to things despite the fact that they go against our core set of values Do you see where I'm going with this? Do you see how this makes sense? Cool. We say things like, I'm not racist. I'm not transphobic. I don't date men who are disrespectful or don't, or disrespectful to women or are misogynist, right? We say these things like, I love myself. Um, I value myself more than anyone. I'm a bad, you know, all, I'm a bad bit. All of the, think about all the ways that we use you know, buzzwords to describe ourselves and our set of value systems and how we expect to feel about ourselves, right? But when we look through and evaluate, one, how we make our money, two, who the fuck we're talking to, you know, who who we're connected to, what things we're buying, where we're buying them from, we, we have that additional you know, then it becomes, oh, oh, what do you, what do you mean? I, I like this thing. Like, it doesn't mean I, you know, whatever. Um, Well, we have to check ourselves, right? So the entire purpose of this transit is for us to look through and examine all of the contracts that we have to values that do not align with our value system based on the people that we are in communication with through the products that we buy, through the things that we say, through the things that we think, our ideas and attitudes in relation to other people. You cannot, well, I'm gonna say this. I understand that everything is a a growing process and we're always actively working to unlearn things. And I think that's what the point is here. It's not that all of a sudden you have to break free of all of these things, even though genuine, generally the, the end goal is for you to do that. It's not going to make sense for you to do that. By the time Mars enters Aries, which will be on June 28th, that's when we can start to do things, right? Venus is going to go direct a couple days before then. We can start to take some sort of tangible action, um, towards the things that we claim to be a part of our value systems, right? And so it'll be that really nice relationship between um, of uh, Venus 
and uh, Venus and Gemini and Mars and Aries kind of working in tandem together, right? It will be a nice little sextile. So you'll have this opportunity to realign your values with your actions or use your actions to make concrete steps and goals towards unlearning, towards, again, moving towards sovereignty, moving towards affirming your identity, moving towards leaving behind all of the bullshit that just doesn't make sense anymore. I made it very clear today on my social media that I am not interested in talking to or being in relationship with anyone who is not actively working against white supremacy. That is what I said. And I said, I will be unfollowing people who are not doing that, right? So my job for me, right, is to make sure that I continue to do that. And then in addition to that, if there are other beliefs or other values that I have, that I claim to have, what other steps am I making towards that? And so this is a transit that's going to get really, really fucking icky, where you're going to realize there are things that standards that you set for relationships or standards that you set for, you know, again, what you buy and where you buy things from or how you feel about yourself. And you're going to see exactly what those are. You know, if you over here talking about you a bad bitch, but you're sitting here and you're internal dialogue to yourself is terrible and and disgusting and you're saying terrible and mean things to yourself you're gonna see very clearly the disconnect between the value system that you claim to have or the value system that you're trying to embody and the reality of what that looks like the thing is because gemini is a very social energy these are lots of times contracts and um relationships and things that we have formed not necessarily intentionally or with the intention of you know going against our our value system but because it was just convenient maybe you met someone that you thought was really dope at like some party and you thought they were a really dope cool person then you find out that they're a fucking racist you know maybe you were buying from this really cool brand you know that you're like oh this you know, I got my little Fashion Nova set and then you go on this, you know, <laughs> there's nothing. let me stop. You get your little Fashion Nova set and then you find out, oh, this is a uh, fast fashion. This is bad for the environment. I claim to be a sustainability warrior. What is going on here? Right. So like different things like that. As I've mentioned before, um, all of the, you know, if you saw like the white supremacy pyramid that I put, you looked at the bottom of the pyramid. It was little things like indifference, brushing things off, minimizing things, microaggression. You know, there are all of these very small unconscious ways that we affirm value systems, beliefs, structures, paradigms that do not align with ourselves all the time which is why a part of the unlearning process is active is continuously checking in with ourselves and being able to make those difficult decisions of cutting people off or moving on to something else right and so for you if during this really intense full moon you've had some realization about some of the really deep and intense things that you're 
holding on to and experiencing and being able to kind of get to the root of of where they are. I, I can imagine for you in some way or another, whatever themes that kind of came up for you for that full moon have this interconnectedness to these things that we're talking about right now. For me, I've had a lot of dreams about people from high school in the last, like, honestly, the last month. And it honestly feels like, no, it was like every single day for like the last month I've been having these dreams um, with people I went to high school with in them. And having to realize that in those dreams, there was this very large disconnect between not even a disconnect, but like clearly the dream self version of myself and what was happening in my unconscious is the desire to conform um, and feeling misunderstood because of the refusal to conform, but trying to in some way compromise self to conform to asks or standards of other people, losing myself and understanding of self within the process and feeling betrayed and misled by people who are genuinely trying to help me embody myself. Very deep, very complex, right? And so now in in waking life, realizing that, well, one, I don't want to be those people and I honestly don't really care what they think about me because like that that's not something that matters right now but clearly it's still in my subconscious and it's still something that I'm working through that's impacting my ability to see my worth and value at this current moment in time but also a part of knowing my value and knowing what my values are I also have to work to say well since I don't want to be these people in the sense that my set of values is very different from a lot of the values of people that I went to school with or people that I've known or people that have known me even for a very long period of time in my life. I don't want to be aligned with that. That's not what I want. That's not what matters to me. So it is a bit arbitrary to continue to have these one energetic but in the sense of like clearly still thinking about people right but also in the sense of they still have a energetic and connection to me through their presence on my social media right and so with that it's being able to see say for myself well what are my values and how do I value myself and what people have affirmed my value which ones have not which ones have uh, values that are aligned with mine, which ones do not get, start to get rid of them, right? And then being able to kind of from there unravel the other pieces about like, you know, what is, what is the, the core root? Well, I think I kind of explained it pretty well, but you know, being able to look through and examine that in which it's like, why were so many of these contracts formed? You know what I mean? Beyond like, I thought this outfit was cute, like beyond, um, I liked this guy. Like, what is it at the core that made that connection? And what was that saying about my value system at the time of the maintenance and creation of that said relationship? This transit 
is for a lot of us going to be able to show us the ways that we passively, explicitly, and silently betray ourselves by affirming values that we do not align with through the people and things that we connect to. That's really big. That's really, really, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like when you think about in the context of like, values are, are really big things and they're a really big formative part of how we are. But like when you think about it, if we're creating a new paradigm, whatever that means to you, if we're creating a new world, if the time to do that is now, don't we need to know what we were doing before that made us even want to have a new world? Like how are we actively participating in the existence of that previous world? And how can we now choose not to? And so it does require us to get and see some very uncomfortable truths about ourselves um, I remember last year I talked about the Scorpio energy in relation to allyship because while we want to be the ally of people, we have to be able to revisit the parts of ourselves that we don't like that showed us the ways that we aren't able to show up for people the way that we outwardly say that we would like to versus the way we actually do, right? That's also why Saturn is very important in this equation because Saturn puts in perspective the existing structure within our minds that creates the world. It is what it is, you know? Saturn is very cut and dry. It's not a game, it's not an illusion. It's this is the reality, this is what it is. And so this is the beginning of a really big, about six month long, really slow reality check that we're about to get from the universe. And it's gonna be very confusing. It's gonna be really annoying and frustrating in a lot of ways. And we're really just being asked to see our way through it. Venus retrograde is going to start at 22 degrees. This is the symbol. Dancing couples in a harvest festival. Keynote, the wholesome enjoyment of organic processes and emotional drives. Again, we have an image in strong contrast to the first of this series. From the mind-built city, where workmen claim a large sphere of social abundance, we find ourselves in the village where men and women live in far greater harmony with natural and seasonal processes, giving free rein to their emotional instincts. The two poles of the wholesome society, the large industrial city and the agricultural village should be included. Likewise, the two poles of the healthy personality, mind and natural emotions should be active. This is the contrasting second stage of the 70th sequence of five symbols. It stresses the value of rhythmic, healthful activity in a natural setup, for this often leads to an often much needed process of bioenergetic rebuilding. 
the symbol itself brings to mind the um uh the the lover's card which of course is the gemini card in the tarot and it really speaks to how our minds and our hearts really must be working in tandem with one another, which I think it makes sense that Venus is retrograding in Gemini for the sake of, you know, that. It, it is a moment in which we can see the overlapping of the heart and mind in a way that they don't necessarily do very often. Again, Gemini can be very... Um, robotic at times and it's being asked to feel and it's being asked to make sense of the connections that it's making not just for for fun but for like the your well-being and the well-being of society and so it's like being able to understand that like words don't just words are not just words words mean things values are real beliefs are real all of these things are real they're not just things that exist in a vacuum and have absolutely no meaning because of that we need to make sure that those things are in alignment with with what our heart is telling us so if we feel like something is off or something that something doesn't make sense even if it makes us really uncomfortable and it shares some makes us feel and see some very uncomfortable truth about ourselves we have to be willing to lean into that um, to make the adjustments necessary um, to overcome it and to work through and we don't only just again do that for ourselves with that we do that for other people the retrograde will end at six degrees. And this symbol is workmen drilling for oil. The avidity for that knowledge which ensures wealth and power. This symbol, superficially considered, can be referred to the insatiable drive of modern man for power and wealth. His readiness to accept the risk of failure. But it has a deeper meaning especially if related to the next symbol. Oil is the end result of the decay of living materials. Dribbling for oil may represent the attempt to penetrate to the deep layers of the collective unconscious and to reawaken powers of the archaic psyche, which once flourished. For instance, in the true ceremonial magic of the tribal world, Perhaps among the adepts of the fabled Atlantis, or even among the shamans and witch doctors of more recent times, the archaic powers may be refined for modern situations, but the almost inevitable result is the release of noxious waste production products, pollution. And there is a pollution of consciousness as well as the atmosphere man breathes. This makes me think, because this year is so big picture it's also talking about how we are to learn from and return to the past 
as a means of making way for the future. Again, Saturn in Aquarius is telling us our responsibility to the future. Saturn in Capricorn is going to show us the ways we are tied to the past that make that future impossible. So there is a really big need through this transit, not only to heal the contracts we've made ourselves like in this lifetime, but also throughout our ancestry, through past lives, through different timelines of existence, in like literally in every possible way that there is to exist or in every way that you have existed um, as yourself, as other people through your bloodline, all of that has to be atoned for. And you're like, wait, what? Yes, like it's really that intense. So I will definitely say, take care of yourself <laughs> during Venus retrograde. It's going to be really easy to, like we're stuck in the house, like we're bored in the house, you know. Um, it's going to be really easy to get caught up in the, oh, like my ex came back and, uh, the, the, you know, all, all of those things are just symptoms, all of the returning, you know, people coming back and things coming back, bills, surprise expenses, whatever the, all of those are symptoms of a greater theme that probably goes back further than you are even consciously aware of. So I need you to keep that in mind. Okay. So with that, that comes from when and especially within speaking in the realm of like atoning right it's like being having to look back within our ancestry literally all of us all of us the ways in which we have had family or people that we are in proximity to that have affirmed a value system that we may not necessarily align with today, but exists within our bloodline and needs to be healed. It just, it is what it is. You know, you, you have to see that, you know, there, there is no, well, I'm different. Like it, it does it like, congratulations. You're different. We're, we're all very different (laughs) from the people that came before us, but there is a need to acknowledge and see and heal that completely to read the second part of it the zodiacal sign gemini has basically the meaning of insatiable curiosity and avidity for knowledge right but like you have to be able to see like this thirst for knowledge at what cost this desire to know this desire to be in relationship with other people this desire to have things at what cost does is it right to to reclaim these materials from the and awaken this power of the past what is the pollution that's coming up it is logically a human sign the twins one of the twins tends to seek power and knowledge from the ancient past the other to discover a living source of strength and wisdom which is forever being replenished by the celestial downpour of spiritual consciousness and love. And this is what I was speaking to about duality. And it's having to know that both of these things exist. 
right i i really i'll put it in the description box i'll i encourage you all to to watch the video it's about like an hour and some change it is man's nature alas to begin with potentially negative emotions and desires so there is a need for us to you know understand that in the sense of like self-betrayal and even in like ignoring people saying or doing things that are harmful to others or like you know buying shit and not caring where it comes from or that it's being made in a sweatshop or that the people in the factory are being treated like shit and like we want our organic quinoa but like oh it's okay the amazon workers are underpaid and you know it's it's whatever anyway you know all those things we do these things because we have emotions and desires we want to be healthy we want to be accepted we want to have relationships with other people. We want to have nice things. You know, all of these things, these are things that we think, right? And, and these thoughts are relatively harmless um, until we put them in the context of what those particular thoughts are actually attached to, right? Like, let's just use Amazon as an example. I can't, con knowing what I know, knowing that there is a person who literally has enough money for everyone in this country to be housed and fed potentially maybe 10 times over. I cannot in good conscience buy things from Whole Foods or Amazon. I can't do that. It's convenient. The shipping is low. It's the closest grocery store to my, I can, I can, those are reasons you know, like those are things that are true. That's the thing, you know, all of these things are not true. You know, the, the person that's fucking racist, they're a nice person. They're a good dad. They're a this, they're a that, you know, all, the, all of those things can be true. But at the end of the day, like what is your value system? You're going to have to say goodbye to a lot of convenience a lot of convenient contracts and things because like that's what the future requires. What is your responsibility to the future? There should be a world without racism. There should be a world without poverty. Okay, cool. What, like, yes, I'm not even gonna sit here and fucking pretend like corporations should not be doing more, but we also should just not be letting this shit happen. We have to be able to stand up for each other, right? And we have to be able to constantly reaffirm what value system is right. It starts with children. Every single person that we see now that's an evil-ass motherfucker was once a child. It starts in your neighborhood. It starts in your community. It doesn't start off in some far-off place. When your children, if you have children, hear racist-ass shit being said on TV or at the grocery store, what are you saying to them? When your niece or your nephew is saying some wild-ass homophobic shit as a joke, what are you doing? Are you checking them? When you hear your aunts and uncles and grandma or whatever talking about young girls being fast or whatever outdated stupid ass shit they're saying what are you doing what are you doing you know north node and gemini ember as i have mentioned a thousand times hello i know you're listening 
uh, talks about how the North Node in Gemini, it's very neighborhood focused. What the fuck is happening in your community? What is happening in your immediate circle? Venus in Gemini is like, okay, what are you, what, what values do you have? Right here. This is, this is the testing ground. Where you are right now is the testing ground. It's not shouting at some people in some faraway state about what they should or should not be. No, what is happening right where you are? Because all these examples that I gave, all this shit that we see happening across the country that hurts to our core. There is some iteration of that shit happening right up the fucking street from you. In a school. At a Sam's Club, a Walmart, where, where the fuck ever. It's happening. So what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Very quickly. Um, oh, I didn't finish reading this. It deals with the emotional and the present day level of evolution. Socially prized reaction of most human beings to attainment of new forms of knowledge, i.e. ambition. We live in a consumer culture. Everything is about consuming. Going back to the example of what buzzwords do, according to Alice Barkley Cat, they sub- put something in between the producer and the consumer. We need to cut out the middleman. This is what we're being asked to do with this energy. We not only become the consumer, but we also become the middleman so that we can make sure that those two things align. Where, where is this coming from? What value system is this upholding? Oh, really? Okay, cool. I'm, I'm going elsewhere. There's nothing wrong with indulging in human desire. Like we're literally human. You know what I mean? Like that, that's a part of the experience that we signed up for. But we don't have to do those things at the expense of other people. There's another way to do that. There's another way to exist that doesn't compromise real values. I keep using the word values a lot. And we just talked about buzzwords. A person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life. I will say that one more time. A person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life. Venus and Gemini is going to show you where your values are all the way fucked up. It just is. Anyway. Jupiter is going to go retrograde the following day on the day of our last quarter moon. That's going to be fun. For those who have not checked it out, I would encourage you to listen to my um, Jupiter-Pluto conjunction um, webinar. It's in, I'll link it 
in the description box. Isn't it so great that there's a description box for all of these things? It's amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. So Jupiter retrograde um, is going to have us <laughs> go through the same thing, but our beliefs, right? And it's going to talk about our beliefs in relationship to the structures that exist within our lives, the limitations and fears that we possess in our lives as well. Um, and so there, I think, will be a realization that a lot of the things that we believe, even as people who are like, uh, I, I, I will argue that most people who are listening to this podcast are like highly developed and socially aware, self-aware, spiritually awakened, aware individuals. You'll even see how some of the beliefs that you have are rather, you know, dogmatic or, or draconian in some sort of way, um, in a way that maybe you didn't even uh, suspect. And how those things are hindering your growth or even, again, kind of diverting your path into a particular way that you probably weren't expecting or had the intention of going in. The last quarter moon, let me finish. I know y'all hate when I read. Too bad you're still listening. Um, the waning period of the lunation is thus a period of growth for the active power of consciousness. Consci consciousness, once it is formulated, can be shared with others and thus can actively affect and transform others. As a result, the vision of the purpose of the cycle as a whole can become incorporated in the substance of human society. On the negative side of the picture, this period witnesses the progressive crystallization, later the disintegration of organic structures. So the thing with the last quarter moon is that it pushes the the boundaries of what currently exists to the point in which things have to fall apart and so of course that comes up within like relationships that you have with other people ideas and attitudes that you previously had that are slowly being shown to you to mean absolutely fucking nothing um or not matter in the way that you once thought that they did um and that, of course, as the lunation cycle continues, you will start to hit particular walls or difficulty points because you'll see the tension between the awareness that you have of something and its need to shift and how many things that actively destroys, resists, tears apart as you fall into that new pattern of behavior, thought, and feeling. And so it is a kind of shitty um, <laughs> energy because you're just like, I'm just trying to do better. Um, but you're faced with the resistance of all of the existing structures that get in the way of that. And so, of course, depending on what it is and how long you've been working at something, it shows you how strong or small that hurdle is um, and how difficult that will feel. Taurus sun is like, I want stability and structure. 
and I want it my way. And Moon and Aquarius says, okay, that's cool, but like you kind of have to like let people in and you kind of have to find and seek new ideas and ways to structure said security for it to sustain, for it to continue to exist. Um, And that security is dependent on people, right? And so you can kind of think about how difficult that can be to one, explain to others, because on the other side, the Aquarian energy can kind of be a little bit cold and um, detached. And in a way, the moon will help you understand that like whatever it is that you're asking is not personal in the sense that the resistance people have to to um, feeling un- uncomfortable is unfair to people. So it doesn't matter, right? And you can imagine like telling a tourist like, your comfort and your idea of security doesn't fucking matter. They'd probably slap the shit out of you. Um, but again, in the grander scheme of things, it's like, again, like in the, the way that we're looking at it archetypally, it's like, no, like if, if we want a future that looks different in which everyone can feel secure and not a false sense of security, but like real security and like sun and Taurus, the sun and Taurus is like rolling its eyes because it knows exactly what the fuck we're talking about. Cause it had this conversation with Uranus, right? Is like, well, you know, I, I don't want to do that. And Saturn, you know, moon and Aquarius is like, well, I don't want to change either. So what, what are we going to do? Right. And again, it is the idea of the bigger picture, the bigger picture being like, well, lots of people are going to have to be uncomfortable. And then Aquarius, Moon and Aquarius is like, well, lots of people are uncomfortable. So like what? Something's got to give. Like, are we going to sacrifice our present needs to take action towards the future for everyone to be, have a present moment in which they actually have a sense of security or are you just going to be uncomfortable so that no one can you're going to just remain comfortable in the way that you like to remain comfortable so that no one can experience comfort right um that kind of sucks which is what moon and aquarius is trying to communicate and it may not sound very nice um so it could be a day in which you're trying to get a point across to someone, someone's, multiple people even, um, that they just don't understand or get or want to get because it just doesn't make sense of, to them because it makes them uncomfortable. Um, and honestly, you know, that's what most of this is going to be. To get into these cards, actually, I'm not going to do that. These are the cards that I'm going to talk about in a reading that I'm going to post on my Instagram sometime this week. Cool. Alrighty, y'all. My voice sounds a little jacked up because I'm thirsty. It is 11 o'clock at night. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers across the world 
rest in peace, little Richard, who actually is on the card that I pulled for today. I pulled it intentionally and it makes sense. We'll get there. Um, everything that I listed, I what did I say I was gonna put in? I said the Amanda Ellis thing and the Jupiter Pluto video. Cool, I will put both of those things in the description box. If you would like to book a reading, I am, my books are back open for May. I have not been in the mood to be anyone's astrologer for like a, a while. Um, I'm messing with the format of the podcast a little bit, if you haven't noticed, in terms of like the way that I'm naming it and, you know, other things like that. I've come to the conclusion, like, you know, if something's not broke, like, don't fix it. So I'm going to return to the, the tried and true method of recording and naming. Um, I still will have the heavy focus on the lunation cycle, but I'll try to just, I'm going to do this shit weekly. So I'm going to try to release episodes every Sunday instead of in the middle of the week, because that was kind of annoying and I just don't have time. Um, and I think that's all that I have for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk next week and it will be Gemini season. Okay, bye.